All right, welcome back, Kyle Hyde Club. Uh, this will be the MMA series number four. Um, I'll be covering UFC Fight Night 147, uh, Till vs. Masvidal. I'll be uh, going through that fight-by-fight fight recap. Uh, I'll primarily focus on the, the top three fights of the night, but I'll, I'll go through some of the prelims as well. Uh, I'll touch base on them. Um, and then after that, um, I'll probably play a little ad uh, after that. So if you want to skip that, go ahead and skip that. And then I'll start with the UFC Fight Night 148 uh, preview. And that main event is Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Anthony Showtime Pettis. So um, looks like there's some good cards on on that event as well. So we'll go ahead and get started with the recap from this past weekend in London at the O2 Arena. And all these sites are on ESPN Plus. Uh, you can watch them all right now on ESPN Plus. I actually just rewatched uh, uh, Vulcan Ozdemir versus Dominic Reyes and Leon Edwards versus Gunnar Nelson. Nelson, because I kind of missed most of those fights because I ended up. Uh, hanging out with, with a girl during these fights, and these were during the day since they were in London. So, just ended up smoking with this chick, and of course, you know, I was like, hey, you gotta leave, right? Like, I'm, I'm trying to take you back home. Like, and this is before the main event, or main card even started. I'm like, alright, word. Cause she, had a to- she told me she had to be out by a certain time. I'm like, cool. That was perfect. I'll be able to watch all the good fights. And then she's like, oh, no, it's okay. I could stay. I could stay, blah, blah, blah. Um, then the fucking Vulcan Uzdemir versus Dominic Reyes fight started. And then we started messing around. She just grabbed my dick. And one thing led to another. Um, so I got distracted from the fights. But I was able to drop her. I was able to finish Uh, and then drop her off and come back and watch the main event live which was awesome Um, missed the two fights before it but I just literally just rewatched them about 30 minutes ago Um, they're both good fights so I'll be able to talk about those Um, but first we'll start with the prelims uh, beginning with the very first card Um, Mike Grundy versus Naramani Grundy finished him in the second round I don't really remember how, but I remember he looked really, really good, so congrats. Uh, next fight, Molly McCann got the decision versus Priscilla. I'm not even trying to say her last name, but she looked pretty solid. Uh, Danny Henry and Dan Ige was a good fight. Um, I think I put money on Henry right before the fight started because he was an underdog, and he looked like a promising up-and-comer. Up he looked bigger and stronger than Ige, but... Uh, yeah, Ige got a fucking submission in the first round. Um, I'm in 17 in, so that's wrong there. And, yeah, fucking fucked up. Uh, excuse me, that's, that's really gross. I apologize. Uh, next fight was Nicolae Negumareno versus Sabarov. Uh, Sabarov ended up getting the win. I remember he looked pretty good, if not dominant. Um, so congrats to that guy. Um, look forward to seeing him again. 
And then the next fight, which was really the only fight that I was looking forward to on the prelims, was Mark Diakise, uh versus Joe Duffy. Uh, Joe Duffy hadn't been in for a while. Mark Dice had a decent layoff. Um, but uh, Diakise looked really, really nice. He just looked, and I believe I said this before, that he was just looked like the more athletic fighter. Um, he might be able to pick up a part Duffy just by his athleticism, and that's really what it came down to. Duffy's a solid guy, and he's got solid strikes and technique, but he's just not as athletic as Diakise and probably most of the guys in at lightweight at 155 at least the guys in the top 15 so it'll be tough for him to break in there but i think both these guys are top 15 guys uh any given night it was a good fight um but diakise definitely won um and then to close out the prelims it was arnold allen versus jordan rinaldi i believe allen is a uk fighter i know a guy from england so with it being in london that was a good place to put him in the prelims um he looked really good and solid got a win versus a versus a decent fighter in jordan rinaldi um and to start off the main card we had jack marshman versus john phillips and jack marshman looked solid uh and basically just yeah just uh out outstruck him outpointed him um the entire fight i got the decision win uh, the next fight uh, was Danny Roberts versus Claudio Silva. Um, I don't think really too much was happening in this fight in the first couple rounds. Um, I don't know how I would have scored it personally, but in the third round, Silvia, Silva, uh, I said Silvia, so my bad, his name's Claudio Silva. Um, it seemed like he, or no, he got a arm bar on Roberts and the referee stopped it for a verbal submission, quote unquote. Um, I don't think he said, oh, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I tap. Um, and he did not tap with his hand, but supposedly he screamed like pretty loud in pain. And then so the referee stopped it in that. Um, I don't know. I think he had the arm bar in and it looked pretty bad. Um, so I don't, I don't question the decision, and honestly, in the rules state, it is up to the description and uh, interpretation of the referee um, during the fight, and that's how it is in all sports. Every penalty flag thrown, every foul call, every stoppage in a fight is all a referee's opinion and interpretation of the rules and how things are unfolding in him in real time through his eyes, through the lenses of his eyes. Um, so it's not an easy job. Um, and if you think it's an easy job, go fuck yourself. Because um, it's not. And, you know, I didn't think it was a bad stoppage. Um, I think Roberts had some choice words to say after the fact. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, and that's a shitty way to put it and end my statement on that fight. But uh, that's just how cookie crumbles, I guess. <laughs> Whatever saying you want to use. Uh, the next fight was a really good one between uh, Nathaniel Wood and Jose Quiones. Uh Nathaniel Wood is a young, younger fighter. I mean, he's twenty-five, I think. Um, um, I think he's American. But either way, uh, 
Yeah, he looked really solid versus a veteran in Keonis, who's I know I've seen. When I say veteran, but he's at, he's only seven and three. Where Nathaniel Woods sixteen and three, which is a shit ton of fights to have by, you know, twenty five. This guy's had nineteen professional fights and he's only twenty five years old. That's insane. Um, but early on, I thought Keonis looked really good. Uh, he was good in. I thought the better of him in this fight on this on the feet. So um, I thought, you know, I was instantly regretted that I didn't put money on Keone's because he was a pretty sizable underdog. I think it was like two plus two forty five at the time. Um, I know I've seen him fight before, but I knew uh, Nathaniel Wood, Nathan Wood, uh, just has uh, pretty good pressure and good wrestling, good clinch work, and even though he's young, he's pretty much a veteran fighter. I um, mean, he almost had, he's basically has 20 fights. Uh, there's more guys that are above him on the main event than some guys like uh, Dominic Reyes. Uh, Leon Edwards has 20 fights. Oldest Demir has 20 fights. Gunnar Nelson basically has 20 fights. Darren Till has 20 fights. So, I mean, he's experienced, Nathaniel Wood, and that ended up looking in the victory. I don't remember the exact submission he got, but he ended up getting a submission halfway through the second round. Um, and I think it was just... He, his pressure just eventually broke past Keone's guard, and although I think Wood might have been the bigger guy and maybe even longer, uh, Keone's is good at using his reach, good at using distance. Um, that's the way he fights. But uh, I think Wood's pressure was too much. He ended up, I want to say he got him a choke, which he probably did. Um, I don't remember too much though. I should probably look that up before I start this, but we already into it, so fuck it. Uh, so the last three fights of the night, uh, of the night um, and these are the ones I was really, really looking forward to. These were good fights, uh, good uh, match banking uh, by the UFC Brass and Corporation, and wow. Um, so I just literally rewatched the Vulcan Ozdemir versus Dominic Reyes fight, and Reyes, Dominic Reyes ended up getting a split decision um, over Vulcan, 29-28. You know, two guys had, or all three judges had 29-28. One had it for Vulcan, the other two had it for Reyes, which I could not believe. I personally, when I watched the fight, I scored it. I scored the first two rounds to Vulcan 10-9, and then the last round, Reyes 10-9. Only be, and really, Reyes, I mean, it was a good fight all around. Um, you could tell Reyes, I mean, he's still undefeated shit, so he won. In my eyes, he, I think he lost the fight. I thought Vulcan, I don't know the statistics, and maybe I should look at those, but... I'm not a too big believer in the statistics because just because a guy lands more punches doesn't mean, or more strikes means he won or he's beating up the other guy more. It's about damage and what affects you the most. Um, and I, so I thought whenever Vulcan landed, they were it seemed like more powerful, more uh, damaging strikes than when. Reyes was, and not to say Reyes didn't land powerful strikes either, I just thought Vulcan landed more, and especially the first two rounds, he was a guy pushing forward, uh, he had very good head movement, uh, 
and defense. He blocked most of Reyes's punches and strikes uh, in the first two rounds. Yeah, what? These statistics just don't make sense. And and Vulcan got a two. T- he got a takedown, I think, in both rounds. So I thought he clearly won the first two. I don't see how. I mean, Reyes looks more fluid, and he's more of a flashy striker and fighter. So I could see how somebody that doesn't know the sport and doesn't know what a fight is could think, oh, this guy's doing better because he, he looks more athletic. But that doesn't mean anything. It matters about how much you're beating up the other guy, essentially. That's what it comes down to. You know, if you have a damage bar, think of it as a video game, whose damage bar or health bar is lowest at the end of the round or end of the fight and that's who you gave it to you know or who you thought dominated more um, just because a guy's more slick on his feet and more athletic uh, doesn't mean he's winning it's just mean he's more athletic that's it he just has a better skill set in one area um, and I think Ray is uh, definitely I gave him the third round but I could see how you could give the third round to Vulcan um but Vulcan didn't do too much. He spent a lot of the round uh, backpedaling the third round. Um, and he... Reyes caught him with a knee. They were clinched up against the cage. I think Reyes was, had his back against the cage. Um, but he was able to slip out of it. Um, spin around him to where Ozdemir's back was at the cage. It wasn't against the cage. He was standing a little away from it. But... Uh, Reyes had the center, and as Ozmir was coming in uh, to get closer, you know, to get within striking distance of Reyes, because Vulcan's the shorter guy, so he had to be creative on how he got into the pocket, you know, uh, slip his head when a punch came and come up with a hook um, or uppercut or whatever, shot to the body. Um, but as Ozmir was coming in, Reyes hit him with a devastating... I, I mean, I they didn't talk about it too much on the commentary when I just watched it, but I thought that knee was damaging, and you could tell right away, I thought. Um, hit him, he hit him pretty good with the knee of the body, and Vulcan started backpedaling after that, and he kind of just paid, played it safe and realized, okay, I definitely think I won the first two rounds, um, so I'm going to take it easy and just make sure this guy doesn't submit me, doesn't finish me. Um, and it seemed like Reyes was going after, and he definitely won the last minute of that round. Um, and I'd probably just give him the round overall because he did more damage, but uh, Vulcan didn't do too much. But yeah, um, it was a good fight. It sucks to see Vulcan take a loss for a fight I think he, he won, at least with how the scoring system is now and stuff. Um, but who knows? I think this is another case where I think I said in my last podcast how I think they should change the scoring system. I think, and it's not going to be, it wouldn't be a huge change because at the end of the day, you want a scoring system to be reflective of how that works and takes out the shittiness of the judges. So you want it to be clear as possible that anybody in the world could score this fight um, and not fuck it up, even though I'm sure they'd still find a way. But if in this fight they they did what I said in my last podcast, you start with each guy starts with a nine, 
you know, right now each guy starts with a 10 each uh, to begin a round. And then if you win the round, you get the 10. If you lose, you get a 9. And that's how it is. Um, you can't give both guys a 10. You can't give both guys 9s. Um, you can give a guy 10-8. You can't give a guy 9-8 or whatever. Um, but the way I think it should be done is both guys at the beginning of the round start with a 9. And then it stays 9-9 nine, nine unless one guy decidedly wins the round. He lands more punches. He damages him more. Um, or whatever. And... You know, people that know the game will know who really won the round, you know, based off their expertise and knowing what's going on. But the reason why I think this would work for judges who don't know the game are just, you know, I don't know, looking and reacting to the crowd making noise. I don't fucking know what they're watching. But if they, if you personally, individually cannot definitely tell and give me a reason why one person won the round over the other why they did better than them then both guys stay at 9-9 and so if that was put in place at least for this fight I think instead of you know three scores 29-28 to Reyes one to Vulcan I think it at least personally how I would have scored it, I would have scored it 10-9 Vulcan the first round. And then the second round, you know, I think he did more, but yeah, it wasn't decidedly that Vulcan won. So I personally would have scored it 9-9. And then I would have gave Reyes 10-9. So I would have scored it a draw. Um, and maybe one of those judges would have scored, the, scored it a draw. Um, and this would end up being a draw. Or... The guys that thought were A's won one of the first two rounds, they give it a 9-9 instead. So, yeah, he ends up a draw, or they give both rounds 9-9, and then the last one to raise, and he still wins. You know, who knows? But I don't know. It's it's upsetting to see when you think a guy – and it sucks for the UFC because they have a win bonus. You get paid – you're guaranteed a certain amount. It's let's just say for argument's sake, it's fifty thousand dollars. You get paid that no matter what. But then if you win, you get an extra fifty thousand. So it sucks if you are on the wrong side of a decision, and especially if it's a split decision or a controversial decision, because then you literally lose half your money, half your potential money. Um, and meanwhile, yes, I think the win bonus will probably give an incentive to winning and trying harder. But nobody's going into a cage, like, cage fighting, thinking, oh, I'm going to lose because I'm not being incentivized enough to win, you know, for money or whatever. I don't know. I think it's it's very disheartening for these guys who, like, like Vulcan, I feel really bad for him. He's, now he's on a losing streak. Um, he lost to, I believe, I believe he lost to DC for the championship belt. Um, last time DC fought in light heavyweight. And then Vulcan lost to Anthony Lionheart Smith by Rude Naked Choke in the last, uh, last like, minute or closing seconds of the third round versus 
Smith, and that would have gave him a shot at John Jones, but he lost. Anthony Smith got the shot, um, and now Volkan lost again versus, you know, really good fighter and up and comer, and uh, you know, and he lost half his money in a fight I thought he won. Um, so he was ranked sixth uh, before this fight. We'll see after. They might drop him out of the top ten. He hasn't won in fucking three fights, but he, I think he's definitely a top ten fighter. He's a top five guy. Um, he's just facing tough guys and, uh, you know, saw a losing streak and lost half his money because of, I think, a shitty decision by some judges. Um, it's not the worst decision I've ever seen, but, yeah. And congrats to Reyes. I'm not taking anything away from him. He looked really good, um, and he is really good. I think he called out John Jones after the fight. I don't think it's smart. <laughs> I don't think he... I don't know. He looked really good. He's about the same size as him. He'll definitely face John Jones someday for the belt. But I don't think he's quite ready. I'd rather see Taego Santos versus, uh, versus Bones. Uh, but we'll see how that shakes out. Maybe give Reyes a Lionheart or somebody else uh, in the top there. Um, and then we'll see. Um, so then the co-main event of the night, I'm going to take a quick sip of water. That's the good stuff. Uh, thanks for staying with me. Uh, co-main event of the night, I was really looking forward to this. Um, I actually put some money down on Gunnar Nelson, I think I said this before in the preview, on the previous episode, mainly just because... He's Icelandic, he's that Viking culture, um, and my ancestors come from around there, and Vikings are just cool as fuck, so I bet it on him. It was pretty much a 50-50 fight in my mind. I thought, honestly, Nelson was going to win, but I was wrong, uh, and wrong decidedly. Um, And honestly... Whoever fucking the these the judges in this fight too. They they suck, man. The judges suck. Like I don't know what they were looking at. Um I mean I think they got the decision right. Leon Edwards definitely won the fight. But uh if I remember correctly, one judge actually scored it for Gunnar Nelson twenty nine twenty eight. Um and I'll go through the fight. Explain why I don't think that's right. Um, another judge scored a twenty nine twenty eight Leon Edwards, and another one scored a twenty nine twenty seven Leon Edwards, and that's actually how I scored it. Um, so first round I scored ten nine Leon Edwards, uh, mainly because uh, he was better on his feet. He outstruck uh, Nelson when they were on the feet, but then in the grappling changes, uh, Gunnar Nelson actually took him down first um and held him there for a little bit but didn't get off you know really any shots or damaging uh damaging effects or damaging strikes um but then Leon reversed the position and actually was on Nelson's back for a good while and I think that honestly set the pace for the rest of the fight was when uh Nelson essentially realized, and I guess Leon Edwards realized too, okay, he could hold his own on the ground uh, in the grappling sphere 
with uh, with Nelson. Um, and coming into the fight, that was the entire talk. Oh, if it goes to the ground, Nelson's, you know, it's it's over. He's going to choke him out. It's going to be a quick fight. Um, that's what everyone thought. I'm, I think Gunnar Nelson thought that. But uh, Leon Edwards did not. Uh, someone forgot to forward that memo to him. He did not get that word. Um, and yeah, right off, you know, the, in the first round, um, you know, he held Nelson in that position for a, for a good minute and a half or so, I want to say, maybe even two minutes, and essentially stole that round away from him. Uh, he landed more strikes when they were on the feet. Nelson controlled it, and it looked like he was going to control him for the rest of the round on the ground, but then Edwards flipped it and flipped the script. Um, and I think that went a long way in, in deciding this fight, and I think it... Uh, not only physically took a toll on Gunnar Nelson because he kind of held him down there. He, Nelson's not used, used to getting held down on the ground, and I don't think he was ready for it in this fight versus Leon Edwards. So when he did, um, it was devastating physically and I think more so mentally because he realized, oh, fuck, the advantage I thought I had decidedly is not there. And then... It's like shit, and you could kind of see it after the first round in his corner in his eyes that this wasn't going to be as easy as he thought, and he was going to be in for a fight. Um, and you could tell Leon was focused, he was prepared, and he was game. And uh, he then went out there and he dominated uh, Nelson in the second round. I thought. I actually gave it a 10-8. Um, he was obviously the better striker than Nelson. He was be- he was just better all around this entire fight, Edwards was. Um, he was more fluid on his feet, more consistent, more active, more, uh, more athletic. Um, and then... He actually took it down. Well, he had a knockdown versus Nelson in the second round. It's pretty devastating. Um, Gunner jumped in with a punch. I can't remember if it was a left or a right. Um, and then got into the clinch. And Edwards, um, you know, clinched with him. But then as he broke the clinch, he came with the elbow. Right, It was really tight and really powerful. It was really quick, too just right across his chin and um that rock Nelson put him on his on the ground um he was face down ass up for a little bit but then he switched out um um switched over to his guard and just rode out the round and just tried to survive and that was crazy um so I gave him the 10-8 cuz he had that knockdown and he was be- he was beating him he was beating him up all before that, and then he had a devastating knockdown, so I think he dominated um, that round. So I think that's a 10-8 round. Um, and then to close out the fight, uh, Leon looked good on the feet the third round. Um, he didn't do too much. Uh, neither did Nelson, really. But then uh, Gunner actually got him taken down um, and got him a full mount with a minute left. And so... and. You know, you you could see it during the fight. He turned around to look up the clock to see how, how much time he had left to see, because he probably knew he had to get a finish to win it. Um, 
so he had a minute to work to try to finish Edwards while he had him in the in the in top mount, full mount. Um, and Edwards just <laughs> held on, hugged on to his body, kept his head close to his body so he couldn't uh, get any powerful shots on it on his head, uh, and just defended himself and, and survived and and uh, went to the judges' decision, went to the judges' cards, scorecards. Um, and as I yeah, stated before, um, one judge had it for Nelson, which I think is ridiculous. I gave Gunnar Nelson 10-9 the last round, but there's no way Nelson won the second. No way. And if you don't score that judge or that round in 10-8, then what the fuck's a 10-8 round, guys? One judge did. One judge got it right. He scored 29-27. So applaud that guy. The guy that scored this fight to Nelson, you suck. Um... Maybe you gave Gunner Gunner the first round because what he took him down and you just owned a takedown, but I mean it wasn't a solid takedown. He only held him there for I mean he held him there for a minute, but then Edwards reversed the position, you know position that Gunner Nelson initiated, and we decidedly know he has the advantage, um, and he had uh an advantageous position, but then Edwards flipped it and controlled him for far longer, um, if not twice as long. And he beat him on the feet standing up before Nelson took him down. So, And Nelson landed no punches or strikes while he had him down and in, in control. Um, so I don't see how you score the first round for Nelson. So that judge should be fired. Um, check your credentials. Go to a training academy. Something. Watch more fights. Get UFC fight pass and just have fights on all the time. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But it was a good fight. Um, again, I lost money on that fight, sadly, because the Icelandic Gunnar Nelson not pulled out. But I'm not sad. It was a very good fight. Very impressed by Leon Edwards. Um, and I look forward to who he fights next. He was ranked 10th, uh, so he'll definitely be higher in that. At least, I mean, I'd say at least top seven. Um, you know, maybe give him a guy top five and see how he does. Because um, he looked really good, man. And he looked really focused and really sharp. And he's probably just going to keep getting better and better. And yeah. And I know Nelson, Gunnar Nelson will be back. Uh, he didn't. He didn't get destroyed or dominated during the fight, so he won't have to heal up too much. No injuries. He might have broken orbital bone on his eye, around his eye, but uh, and yeah, that's nasty. It looks bad, and it's definitely painful. But it heals quick. Um, shit around the eye heals very, very quickly, which I did not know that until I actually got hit in the face with a rubber dodgeball like one of those dodgeballs for the movie dodgeball and those things fucking hurt I got hit square on the eye um if it, you know instantly do oh fuck that that might have been, been a concussion but then for the next week I couldn't see out of a portion of my right eye it's not like I couldn't see I could see it was just blurry in a certain zone and it was bothering me a little bit, like me headaches during the day, um, things like that. It was it was a little tough to sleep. 
Um, and actually, it would be fine when I, right before going to sleep, uh, and I'd wake up in the morning and be fine. But then as the day went on, it would get worse and worse. And so I ended up going to an eye doctor for that. And, you know, they end up seeing there was there was only small bruising on the eye. Like they could barely find it. They had to do uh, x-rays twice on that bitch. And they barely even saw it. Because the first time they were like, yeah, there's nothing there. You're good. I was like, you sure? Because like, I can't see, bro. Um, and so they... Uh, they have this little this little chart thing. It's like looking at a, a piece of graph paper. And, then, and you just hold the other eye closed, that one that's not fucked up. And you look at the paper, and then you just outline the place that is blurry. And you know, just rough estimate. And it was kind of cool seeing that. And it was like a good, like, if you know what quadrants are uh, in math and mathematics, which I don't know if... Um, the first quadrant is where X and Y axis are positive. I couldn't essentially see that entire part of the graph. I could see second, third, and fourth. You know, if you go from uh, top right, if you take a piece of paper, take a square, split into fours evenly, into four even squares. Uh, the first quadrant is the top right square. Second quadrant is bottom right. Third is bottom left. Fourth is top left. So I couldn't see the whole first quadrant, top right uh, corner, uh, which is pretty crazy. But then as days went on, it got smaller and smaller. Uh, but the main reason I bring that up is eyes heal really fast. And that's what the doctor told me, which I didn't know. Um, but it made a lot of sense. He's a, and I actually watched this. I'm sorry, I'm going off a crazy tangent. I watched this documentary about, it was called, it's Leaps in, Elevo- Leaps in Evolution. It's on... Uh, curiosity stream it's the first episode and it's just eyes and it's all about how eye is how eyes are essentially the first leap in evolution and biological evolution because in genetics because it allowed beings to see what they were doing and where they were going and then you know essentially all organisms started from earth from bottom of these uh like vats in the in the ocean, you know, small single-celled organisms. They eventually grow bigger and bigger, you know, multi-cell. Um, and then just think of like a tiny microscopic species, almost like a plankton, but smaller. Uh, they essentially, they had no eyes, nothing, but they had sense, sense and feel. And they could sense the sun and the light, you know, higher. You know, as they went higher in the depths of the ocean, it was stronger. And so over time, over hundreds of thousands of years, uh, organisms started to develop a spot on, you know, their body where it had an increased perception to this light and where it was attracted to the light. And it would just kept going closer and closer to the light, keep getting, you know, this zone that would focus on the light would keep getting more and more intense allow for more light to come in and eventually this grew into a fucking eyeball you know and then grew into the human eyes that we use today to view and perceive the world and it's just fascinating and the reason why it heals so fast is because of that evolutionary history it's one of the first fucking organs ever developed and 
it's hundreds of thousands of years old, millions of years old, and heals quickly because its programming is pretty fucking good, man. <laughs> it's had a lot of time to fucking, you know, develop over history, so there's a lot of neurons and uh, genetic material and DNA and stuff in the eyes that help it heal fast. I'm not a scientist, so don't get mad at me, but... That's essentially what doctor explained to me. So, back to the fights. Uh, Nelson looked like he broke an orbital bone, but I think he'll be back uh, pretty quickly. And somebody else in the fight, I think it was Molly McCann, might have broke her orbital bone as well, but she ended up fucking winning the fight. Hers looked really nasty by the end of the fight. Her eye was completely closed up. Uh, and it was whew, it was gross. <laughs> uh, she's a cute girl, but... Uh, God damn, that looks so painful. And she toughed it out for a whole round and then ended up winning the fight. I couldn't imagine getting punched punched there um, during a fight, but she probably they probably both had their adrenaline running, so they probably didn't feel it. But I'm, they're feeling it right now. It's probably tough to eat afterwards. I feel for them. Um, but they'll both be back stronger than ever, I'm sure. Um, so the main event ended up, was, uh, ended up was Darren Till and Jorge Masvidal. Darren, the gorilla, Till, and Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. Fucking, if there isn't a better nickname for Masvidal than Gamebred, then I don't know what there is. I don't know what it'd be. Because, man, this dude is fucking Gamebred. He's game-ready, son. Um, A lot of people didn't give him a chance, especially in the O2 Arena in London and England. Uh, Till's from Birmingham, England. So... It's not his hometown, but it's his home country. The whole entire fan base and fans in the arena were there because of him. He was the main draw for this card. You know, number three guy in the world. Masvidal's number 11. Hadn't fallen in a while. Um, but he's game bred. He's a veteran. He's tough as nails. He's tough as anybody out there. And, you know, he beat up Till. Um, it was a good back and forth in the first round. Honestly, I don't know how I would have scored it. I think Masvidal might have landed more, but Till landed some damaging strikes too. Back and forth. I'd have to watch it again. Off the top of my head, I can't decide, so I'd probably give it a 9-9. If anything, if I remember, I would have given it to Till. I think I said that in the moment. Um, but, t- but fucking Masvidal, man, is fucking tough, man. He can take those shots. He has a fucking chin. You can tell he just likes fighting. He's just got a... He's got a darkness in him somewhere. Like, you know if this guy was a professional UFC fighter, he'd be in a gang somewhere. He'd be a fucking hitman. Or he'd be somebody's right-hand man. He's like, okay, who you need beat up today? Or, you know, who you need me to assassinate? I got you. You know, that's what Masvidal would be doing if he wasn't a professional fighter, most likely. <laughs> uh... I mean, he, he seems well-spoken, so maybe not. Maybe I'm being very judgmental. But uh, um, Duke can scrap, and he uh, he connected with Till a few times. You could tell Till started to feel his power and realized that this dude can fucking hit. This dude is tough. Um, but he kept charging forward because that's Till. That's who he is. He's a fighter, man. He's tough as nails as well. But Masvidal... Uh, I think he ducked one of Till's punches, uh, had some good head movement, and came over top the left overhand. 
and fucking got it right on Till's chin, and then another follow-up, uh, and finished the fight, um, Till was out, he might have been out on his way to the ground, and if he wasn't, he definitely was when his back of his head slammed against the canvas, and then Masvidal had one more punch in there before the ref pulled him off, um, it was a devastating knockout, man. I think the worst of it, and they didn't even talk about it in the commentary, but, man, he fucking slammed the fuck out of the back of his head on the fucking canvas. You know, he got rocked with a really good left overhand. Um, and then I think he caught him with the right hook on the way down and then slammed the back of his head on the mat. And he was definitely out there, and Masvidal had one more, finished it, referee pulled him off. Um... I, I I freaked out. I was like, oh, when the fight was happening, it was great. Um, congrats on Miles Vidal, man. He fucking, like I said, he's gained bread. He can beat, I think he can beat anybody in the world at any given time. Um, might not be the most powerful, athletic, or best guy in any area, but man, this game's gained bread when that fucking, the lights are on. And they say, okay, let's fight. Let's get it on. And that's a scary dude. And then in the fucking... <laughs> to even back that up, in the fucking post-fight interview, he had a post-fight interview with Laura Sanko, I believe. Um, basically right afterwards, and they were talking to him. They didn't even ask him one question. He didn't even answer, like finish his answer. And... You didn't see it in the camera, but we know who it was now. But there was somebody off in the distance who I guess was yelling some shit. We now know that person was Leon Edwards who fought Gunnar Nelson on his card. He won and beat Gunnar Nelson. Uh, he was saying some shit towards Mazudal. I don't know exactly what he said, but um, um, you hear Mazudal. He started. He just walks away from the interview. He's like, yeah, we'll say it to my face. And then he approaches the guy. You still can't really see who it is. It's in a dimly lit not alley but like a hallway like backstage area it's probably an area where only where the fighters and staff can go um so i didn't even know it was leon edwards at the time but then you just saw masvidal just throw like a four to six punch combo at this man's face the other guy threw some punches back but then it looked like he got pulled and separated pretty quickly um, and you heard, heard Laura Seco go, oh shit, on the mic as they started fucking fighting <laughs> on fucking ESPN+. Plus. Um, and they they stopped the coverage of it. They pulled the cameras away, which is silly. Um, um, so that was, that, was, uh, that was weird. And one thing real quick, you know, I understand ESPN, they don't want cursing like on television and shit like that. But they got the ESPN Plus platform. Why aren't they? Like, they made Ben Askren and his. He, Ben Askren was at the fights and, uh, cause he had been talking shit to Till a lot. And I guess he wants Terrence Till next. And I say give him that fight since Till lost. Now fuck it. Actually, don't give it to him because Till needs to recover. Um, he should recover for a while. I don't want to see him fight for the rest of the year. That's two devastating knockouts in a row. You know, first by the uh, former champ, Tyron Woodley, and then by game bread, Masvidal. Um, but uh, Ben Askren has a fucking t-shirt that said curly-headed fuck on it. And in the word fuck, uh, 
or the letter U. It's a uh, silhouette. It's not a silhouette, but essentially Ben Askren's uh, face, but without his facial features and his little Jew fro, his curly, his curly fro, his curly afro. Um, and they made him wear a jacket on the post-fight interview. That's why I'm bringing this up. Because it has a curse word, and then Laura Sagan said, oh shit, like, they're not allowing people to swear on their internet platform, which I guess I get, because advertisers still advertise to an online platform. So, whatever, I mean, they're just trying to do their dollars or whatever. But I think if they just allowed the cursing man, it'd be better. That's fucking fighting, you're watching people fucking fight in a fucking cage. Fucking steel cage, but you can't handle some fucking words. Come on, you pussies. Fucking advertisers, too. Fucking cunts. <sighs> but yeah, it's crazy that that was a great fight. Good shit for Mazda Dahl. It was crazy what happened. Uh, behind the scenes, the post fight interview with him and Edwards. Um, and honestly, I think they should fight next now. <laughs> they were ranked 10 and 11th, and they both won, so. You know, they both need somebody that are in the top 10, top 7, top 5. Um, and they probably both are now with those wins. They beat, you know, Masudal be the top 3 guy. So he deserves a top 5 guy, at, you know, at minimum. Well, not at minimum. But, I mean, you can make a case, hey, he's top 5 now. He beat the top three. He beat the number 3. And then Leon Edwards, you know, although Gunnar Nelson's ranked number 13th, we all know Gunnar Nelson's a top five guy once he's in shape and stuff and, you know, in the flow and he's had a couple fights. He's definitely top ten. Um, he can be top five. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, just with the controversy of Masvidal and Edwards fighting behind stage, man, I think they should fucking just have him fight next so it'll sell good, you know. Put it on a... Put it as, like, a third fight on a pay-per-view or fucking... Have it as a main event fight on an ESPN Plus card or ESPN card or a co-main event on any of those. Um, that'd be a good fight. And all you gotta do is show the replay of them fighting behind the scenes. That will fucking... Although it's not positive uh, marketing, it's marketing. And in the fight game, negative sells, man. Bad blood sells. And the UFC Fight Pass actually has an episode. It's literally called... You know, they've been doing these episodes 25, excuse me, 25 years in the making because this is their 25th year anniversary. And uh, one of the episodes is bad, called Bad Blood, and they literally just go through the numbers and how, you know, if it's a rivalry fight, it just sells way better than it if it's not. It just seems to attract people more. And bad blood sells, shit talking sells. That's why McGregor is the biggest fucking star the UFC's ever had. He's he's dwarf what Ronda Rousey's done. Although Ronda Rousey may have a larger impact culturally as far as uh, you know, women's fighting and that sort of thing. You know, she essentially started her and Liz Carmouche, the first ever fight in women's UFC, and then you know they uh. Now they have fucking three or four divisions in the women's. Uh, women's uh, UFC and they're really good man they're really exciting to watch and they put some respect on women's name like women could fight too man all those girls would kick my ass even though I outweigh all of them 
And I'm taller than all of them, larger than all of them, bigger bones, but they'd still kick my ass. I mean, is there nothing sexier than that, though, at the same time? <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, but McGregor's making so much money now with this whiskey and fighting and Floyd Mayweather alone. Like, blood, blood, bad blood cell, shit talking cell. So I say, fucking book this Masvidal Edwards fight. Neither one of them are hurt. They should be good to go in a couple months. Hey, put it on that that Chicago card in June. Um, cause I'm trying to go to that card. So put it on there. They don't really, I don't think they have any fights set up on that card yet. So put it on that one. So I can watch live, live. Um, that'd be hype. So yeah, um, that is the recap for, what was that? UFC fight night 147 on ESPN plus. I'm going to take a little break. I'll play a little will add on here and so if you want to skip that and then go straight to the these fight uh these the weekend's upcoming fight for the preview of UFC Fight Night 148 on ESPN Plus as well. Prelims are also on ESPN Plus. Uh main event fight is Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Anthony Showtime Pettis. Be an exciting fight. Uh this comes from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh Let's see, we got Curtis Blades and Justin Willis, uh, co-main. Uh, we got Macy Barber in there. Uh, Alexis Davis, Jennifer Maya, Angela Hill. There's some fights in here. So, yeah, we'll go through that. Um, I'll be back in a sec. All right. All right, welcome back. Kyle High Club, MMA series number quattro, uh, four. Uh, we'll get right into it. UFC Fight Night 148 on ESPN Plus prelims and main card at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Got the main event, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Anthony Showtime Pettis. Co-main, got Curtis Blades versus Justin Willis, rising heavyweight. Uh, and other fights. We'll go ahead and get started with the prelims, bro. Uh, start off the night, we got... Ooh. What, uh, what division is this? We got Eric Showtime Shelton and Jordan Espanoza. And a lightweight... Oh, never mind. Uh, flyweight belt. Flyweight is at 125. So we got the little guys. Right? Yeah. So they're putting on 125 fights. At least they're putting on this one. It's number 12 versus number 15 to start it off. Kind of goes to show you that they don't think the UFC flyweights, the little guys, you know, can hold it out. But I disagree. It'll probably be an exciting fight. And I'll make sure to turn into this one uh, to begin the night uh, this Saturday. Uh, so we got number 12, Eric Shelton, versus number 15, Jordan Espinosa, to kick off the prelims. Uh, they're 13-5 and, uh, and 12-5, and five respectively. Um, honestly, we don't know, I don't know too much about the 125 division, except for 
except for that Mighty Mouse controlled it for tons of years, had tons of title defenses, and then Cejudo came out of nowhere and beat him. Um, and then DJ Mighty Mouse went over and signed with one championship. Um, so the main attraction to that vision is now gone from the UFC. Um, I guess it's now Cejudo. Who could be a larger star. I mean, he already beat Dillashaw when Dillashaw came down. Uh, maybe they're going to make that fight at 135, or maybe they'll do a rematch at 125. Um, I think both guys want different things, but we'll see how it plays out. Neither one has done anything. Um, so I don't know. Uh, so it's kind of... This division's just... They're looking for stars. They need... They need we need some fresh meat in this division. We need to see, you know, who else can fight in this division. There's uh, Joseph Benavides that, uh, that recently fought, and he looked good. Um, I think he deserves the next shot at the 125 belt from Cejudo. Um, and I believe Benavides beat Cejudo in the past. Maybe it's vice versa. I'm not sure. But either way... Um, so I'll be very I'll actually be very interested in this fight coming up because let's see both guys I mean guys are uh, number 12 and number 15 they should give you the age on the fucking matchup page on the fucking website but they don't they just give you all bullshit stats uh, but I want to know their age because I want to know are these up and coming guys that possibly have a chance to like be in this division for a little bit. Uh, Eric Shelton's 28. Spinoza, 29. So, I mean, no. They're like mid, mid-age mid for, I guess, a UFC career. But they still have plenty of years, so they could get up there in the division. Um, they got time. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to it. I haven't seen either of these guys fight. See if they fought anybody I know of. He beat Morales. I feel like was a ultimate fighter contender or winner, but I don't know. And lost to Perez. Uh, I don't know any of those. So he's two and one in the UFC right now. Eric Shelton. Just getting started. Jordan Espinoza. Uh, he's got two fights. Uh, oh, he's got two fights on the Contender Series. Huh. So I'd probably watch this guy fight, but I don't remember the decision. Or finish. I don't remember him, so it couldn't have been that exciting. But I mean, these are little guys. Um, One twenty-five. So I mean, we'll see. I'll, I'll look forward to it. Hopefully, it's a good fight, a fast-paced fight. I like watching the little guys fight. One twenty-fivers, one thirty-fivers, one forty-five. Really, I I really like the one twenty-fives because uh, they're so fucking fast, man. They're so quick, and the cardio is pretty much always there for all those guys. They can all probably go five rounds easily. Um, so it's interesting from a technical standpoint um, and a sports standpoint. Uh, they might not knock people out all the time. But, I mean, 
they're fighting for a living. How's that not exciting? And the speed of the, and technical precision they have to have to be the best is just outstanding. And if you want to just look at technique and speed and get the best at that, watch these guys. Watch Mighty Mouse. Watch Elizabeth's fights. Watch Sehuda when he fought Mighty Mouse this last time. Not the first time he fought him, <laughs> but the second time. Or watch both fights and see how Sehudo improved dramatically over two years, which is insane. And beat the best in the world. And then he thought was the pound for pound greatest. Uh, was about to break the record for most title defenses. I think that would have t- tied it or either broke it. Um, many thought it was a easy... It was going to be an easy fight for DJ for Mighty Mouse. But, um, and that once he, you know... Wins this, defends his title X amount of times, then he would move up to 135 and fight Dillashaw, or Dillashaw would come down because Mighty Mouse is small for 125. Um, but yeah, who knows? Um, we'll see how all that plays out. I think they should just keep making fights and just see what happens. I mean, people are gonna watch it, we're gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch it. I mean, just make them. Why would you scrap a whole division of fighters that want to fight there? You know, sure, they might not bring in the pay-per-view f- uh, numbers, but all you do is sprinkle them in here and there in between, you know, the lead-off fights or even have it the lead-off fight um, and, like, before main events and things like that. Sprinkle it in there uh, so that these guys can get their fights, they can get paid, and all the while educate the ignorant-ass fans who just want to see heavyweights knock each other out senseless and have no defense or any kind of game plan. Um, you know, try to educate them a little over the time by sprinkling in these, these fights, these technical matchups with the smaller, swiftier guys. That's how you should do it. Why would you scrap a whole division? That just makes no sense. Like the goal should be just more fights, period. Um see so yeah, I look forward to that opening fight. Uh, next fight is Ryan Mainvent McDonald. Even though he's fighting in the second fight, it's not in the main event. He's 10 0, though. Um, versus Chris El Guapo Gutierrez. First off, I dig the nickname for El Guapo, main event. It's a cool nickname if you're in the main event. But uh, looks like it's Ryan McDonald's debut fight. Don't even have a picture up from another website or on Google. Or Google, like, matchups. I'm sure if I typed his name in, I'd see his picture. I don't really give a fuck what you look like, though, dude. Um, but he's 5'11", so... Wait, what uh, what division is this? Well, they tell us to wait, 135. So, weight, 5'11", that's pretty tall for weight. That's, like, Sugar Shane, Sean O'Malley. Sugar Show. Um, Ryan McDonald versus Chris Gutierrez. Ryan McDonald's debut, so he won't have any fight history or anything like that. So I don't know anything about him, but undefeated, so he's obviously good. Says Gutierrez's his last fight. He lost. What was his record? He's 12 3 1. It's a pretty good record. Uh, he lost the Ultimate Fighter Season 28 finale. He fell on that card. Barcelos, Barcelos. Um, so yeah, that's that fight. Don't know much about him, so I won't speak on it too much. 
uh, next fight. This will be a nice, exciting uh, women's fight in the flyweight division. Got Randa Marcos versus Angela Hill. Uh, both these ladies are in the UFC 3 video game. I play with them both. Um, that's probably how much I know about them is playing from them. Um, I know I've seen Angela Hill fight in the past. She's been in the UFC for a little while. I can't remember the last time she fought, though. Um, let's see about Randa Marcos. Uh, she lost to Nina Ansaroff, uh, Amanda Nunes' girlfriend about a year ago. Fought Rodriguez, beat Lima. Uh, she's had more fights in the past. So yeah, she's oh she's been around for a while too. One, two, three, four, five, six. Damn, so this would be your seventh fight in the UFC. That's crazy. She's eight seven one. It's not the greatest record in the world. Um, but she seems like a decent fighter. Um, we'll see how it goes. She's ranked fifteenth, and I didn't know this, but I got a ESPN alert about her that uh, she's actually from Iraq and she's an Iraqi. Uh, refugee so I believe she came over I don't know if she came over to America but she went over to another country and is a refugee and now she's fighting professionally in the UFC I'm sure making decent money um you know feed herself and her family and provide better for them I don't know too much of her situation but I just got that alert it's pretty cool probably should have read the story but you know I have a full-time job too um you know, I'm just finding excuses to half-ass it. Um, <laughs> and then Angela Hills, 8-5. and five. I'm surprised her record's that low. Um, let's go back to the matchup real quick. 5-4 versus 5-3. So I thought Angela Hill was pretty long. And she actually, she has a half-inch reach advantage, but her leg reach is smaller. So that's interesting. I thought Angela Hill was long and lanky, but I guess I'm remembering that wrong. I mean, she's definitely skinny. Um, yeah, this will be an interesting fight. Uh, she lost to Rose Namajunas way back when. Angela Hill's been in the UFC for a while. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And this will be her ninth fight in the UFC. Wow. She's fought some fighters too. Tisha Torres, Rose Namajunas, Jessica Andrade, Ashley Yoder, Nina Ansaroff, Angela Hill. Another Hill. No, she is Angela Hill. <laughs> uh, not Angela Hill. What did I just say? Morose. Oh, Ansaroff. Morose. Don't know who that is. And Casey. She's fought so many people. God damn. But we'll see how that plays out. I haven't seen Marcus fight, but if I had to base it solely off the video game. <laughs> um, I think Angela Hill's probably the favorite, and yep, she's betting favorite. Um, I thought she'd be the longer, the longer fighter, but I guess not. But I think she'll be the most athletic, the more fluid on the feet. Um, hoping she pick her apart from there. Um... I don't know if Marcos has any ground game or either one has a ground game. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I think that's a good fight, though. 
Uh, next fight, uh, maybe an even better uh, fight is Alexi Davis versus Jennifer Maya. Okay, so let's see. So we got Alexi Davis, who's 19 and 8. She's been around for a while. Versus Jennifer Maya, number 11. Alexi Davis, number 5. Maya's 15, 5, and 1. So both got decent records. And this is 138. Oh, this is at the 125 division. Nice. So they're filling in that division. Nice to see. Uh, some girls falling into the 125 division. Because for the longest time, they they only had 115 and 135. So then women like uh, like Valentina Chevchenko, for example, fight in between both, but not really fit into either one. Like she's a little too small for 135. Like she's smaller than Nunez, um, Holm, um, all those girls. Um, even... Uh, Misha Tate. I mean, she's just smaller, and then for one fifteen, that's quite too big, and that's a that's a big cut. So I mean, ten pounds is a lot, especially uh, at that smaller size. It matters. Ten pounds matters even more. Just off ratio basics. Um, so yeah, it's cool to see that uh, <clears throat> some of these women are finding a place at one twenty five, and you know they're not in betweeners now. That they have a division for them, and now. You know, they could fight at their peak weight, uh, their peak fight weight, and, you know, do their best to get to the top and try to get a belt. Um, so this will be probably a good fight going uh, going into the future, you know, determining how it goes and who wins on who will be a potential um, uh, champion contender for uh, Valentina Shevchenko. So I don't see anybody beating Valentina Shevchenko at 125 unless Amanda Nunes goes down there and does that, or Holly Holm, but I don't think either win of them can cut down to 125. Uh, I feel like Nunes said she was going to do it, but I don't think so. I think she's trying to fight Holm, so I don't know. I don't, I don't see anybody from 115 going up to beat Valentina Shevchenko. No offense to any of them. Um, and as we saw, um, Joanna lost to her. Joanna, a young J-Chick, who had been the long-time champion at 115 before she lost to Rose, Rose Namajunas. Um, I don't think Rose Namajunas could go up to 125 and beat Shevchenko. But vice versa, I don't think Shevchenko could go down to 115 and beat either of those ladies. So, who knows? Um, so it, it's just really cool to see... Uh, see the division uh, thickening, you know, more more people getting out to it. So Alexis Davis has been in the UFC for a while, since 2013, has had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine professional fights will be her 10th. Um, she lost to Cook again, her last fight back in July, um, beat Liz Carmouche before that, some other wins. Um, this will be the first time fighting in about a year. Uh, she's ranked number five, so that's pretty cool. And then she'll be fighting Jennifer Maya. Is she related to D? 
Damien Lillard by chance? I don't know if she is. I don't think so. She's only had one fight, and that was versus Liz Carmouche, and she lost. But she is ranked number... Was she ranked? Ranked number 11, even though she has one fight in the UFC, she lost. Alright, I'm looking at Maya's... Okay. I thought... Okay, she's obviously not related to Damian Maya, because I feel like if she was, that'd be the first thing they'd list on her Wikipedia page, right? And, like, there's not even a family section or related to anything. But, yeah, it's whatever. Um, it looks like she's a boxer, so there's no way she'd be related to Damian Maya and, uh, not having some jiu-jitsu skills but no matter what this will be a very exciting fight it's very cool to see these ladies film in 125 division and I look forward to it um, one, two, one, two. that's the third to last fight on the prelims to continue going on with that next we got Marlon Vera versus Frankie Sainz Sayans, I don't know. Um, I feel like I've heard, I know I've heard of both these guys. I don't know if I've seen them fight. I may or may not have. Uh, this is at 135. Vera's got a two inch height advantage, four and a half reach advantage, and two and a half leg reach advantage. So he's definitely got the size advantage over Frankie. Um, go back and just FYI Alexi Davis is a minus 150 favorite versus Jennifer Maya plus 130 um, I don't know how that fight's going to play out but I feel like Alexi Davis's veteran know-how might get it done and that's obviously with my limited experience in seeing either of fight um Got Marlon Vera versus Frankie Sainz. I'm gonna look at both these guys, see who they fought in the past, see if that'll trigger my mind. See, I remember them. So yeah, Marlon Vera has been in the fight. Been he's been real active. He had one, two, he had three fights last year. Nice. Um, he's had he's had a bunch of fights in the UFC, so he's been around for a while. Wow, wow, load more. There's more. One, two, he's been in the UFC since 2014. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fights in the UFC is his 11th. Uh, fuck, Kennedy last time, I'm believing one. Mm, he fought John Lineker back in October of 2017 and lost. Fought Brian. Kellier won July 2017. Beat Pickett. Lost to Grant. So he's had some fights, man. This guy's been around. He can brawl. He can he can do it all. <laughs> uh let's see, Frankie. He beat Barones. Uh, doo -doo -doo. When was that? That was back in May 2018. 
fought Faber all the way back in December 2015. Lost three-round decision. Um, see, I don't, I don't know too much about either of these guys. I can't remember their style. Uh, Vera's minus 150. Frankie's plus 130. Probably sounds about right, considering Vera's experience. And... It just looks like, honestly, just looking at the pictures, it looks like an athlete is about to fight somebody's uncle. Um, so in that alone, I think you should be betting favor. He's 26. A 26-year-old fighting a 38-year-old. So, yeah. Um, yeah. See how that goes. The last fight on the prelims is Bryce Mitchell versus Bobby Moffitt. Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell and Bobby the Wolfman Moffitt. Moffitt. Both 5'10". This is that 145 featherweight. Um, but Moffitt will have a 4-inch reach advantage. Um, I know I've seen the Wolfman fight and I think I've seen Thug Nasty fight as well. Yeah. Fought the Ultimate Fighter finale and won. And won by decision versus Diamond, whoever that is. Um, I don't really remember the fight, so I can't say anything about it. 24-year-old. Just looks like a young buck. Um, and then we got... What's his? He's ten and one. Bryce Mitchell, Bob Moffitt's thirteen and three. Um, he's twenty eight. Who's he fought? Cause I know I've seen him fight. He fought Skelly and beat him with a submission. Nice. I kind of remember that that uh, that fight being kind of a war. And somehow he pulled out the submission. Maybe I'm. Remembering that wrong. But either way, I think this will be a good fight to close out the prelims. Kind of highlight two up-and-coming fighters, young up-and-coming fighters that both have some promise, uh, with good records. And they got cool nicknames. Thug Nasty versus The Wolfman. You know, can you get better than that? So that ends the prelims. And I've just been rambling on about these prelims. So let's finally get to this main card. And so I can shut the fuck up. And you can, I don't know, do whatever the fuck you should be doing. Um, <laughs> or maybe you're doing what you should be doing by listening to this UFC mumbling. And uh, Kaha Club. Um, to start out the main card... We got Macy Barber versus J.J. Aldridge. Um, I know I saw a Macy Barber fight, the last fight. I forget who it was. And she looked fucking amazing. Uh, not only is she cute, but this chick, she's 20 fucking years old. She, she's a fighter, man. She fought in Contender Series. Uh, and then fought Hannah Cyphers. Um, beat her up pretty good. And Cypress is tough. She threw some shit back, but Macy Barber was just nasty. She has really good hands. Um, I think she has pretty good jujitsu as well. 
she she's gonna be a star one day um i think and that's why they put her to head this not head it but start off this uh this main card on espn plus and she's getting a good uh you know good f- contender good fighter you know this won't be an easy fight for her her second fight in the ufc third if you count the contender series but not really contender series is just it's professional fighting counts but it's not technically a fight with the ufc i guess i don't know but they listen to website whatever um but she'll be fighting jj aldridge and i thought her nickname was cole jj cole aldridge i don't know why but i know there's basketball player cole and then i think j cole so like your nickname should be cole um but she's had one, two, three, four fights in the UFC. She's what was the record? She's seven and two overall. She's three and one. So she's on a three fight win streak in the UFC. Her debut she lost back in December twenty sixteen. Right off three wins since then. It's been a, about eight months since her last fight. Oh, she fought. She last fought Poet. Pollyanna Viano, uh, who I know she just last fought. Who did Pollyanna just fight? Oh, come on. Ah, oh, don't give me stupid ads. I'm no fucking ads, bro. Uh, Pollyanna. Pollyanna Viana. Uh, this will be an exciting fight for Macy Barber and Aldrich. Um, and we'll see I mean if uh, oh she fought Cyphers what the fuck and Cyphers beat her though yeah so she lost to Hannah Cyphers and Macy Barber beat the fuck out of Hannah Cyphers so what's the betting on this yeah, Macy Barber is minus two twenty favorite. Aldridge is plus one eighty. Aldridge is solid. She's three fight win streak, um, and her game stand up. But I think Macy Barber's stand up is more nasty. Uh, she might not be as fluid and as quick on her feet, but I think she's probably a better and stronger athlete. Uh, if it comes to it, if she's not finding her place on the feet, I think she'll easily be able to take down Aldridge and beat her face in. Um, and yeah, that's that's how I think it'll go, but we'll see. That's why it's a fight. You gotta actually watch it, motherfucker. Um, so then the next fight after that, we got Luis Pena versus Steven Patterson. <laughs> Luis Violent Bob Ross Pena. That's awesome. And Steven Ocho Peterson. That might be the coolest nickname. And this dude literally looks like Bob Ross, except he's a little darker. It's got like caramel complexion. Uh, he's five and one. Steven Peterson, seventeen and seven. I believe I've seen both these guys fight. Um, and I remember Luis Pena until I saw the nickname Violent Bob Ross, and I actually looked at his face. And then Steven Peterson, don't recognize the name. That's a very common name, but he's got this Simber, uh, Superman symbol tattooed on his chest with some flames out of it coming down into some other shit I can't really tell from the picture but it looks it looks pretty cool 
you know, I mean, it is a super, super symbol at the end of the day. It's like, okay, you got a, a, a fake character emblem tattooed on your chest forever. But word, it does look pretty dope, though. It's just a piece of art. Uh, Pena is 6'3", Peterson's 5'10", so he's got a 4 height uh, reach advantage, 4-inch reach advantage, 6, or 4-inch f- height advantage, six, and then he has a 6-inch reach advantage, and reach advantage in his legs as well. Um, I don't know Pena likes to fight on the outside and use that reach and distance, obviously. Uh, he hasn't really fought anybody. Notable Peterson, who did he fight last? Bousset, Bousset, and that was a year ago. I fought Brandon Davis. I lost. Brandon Davis looked good, and then fought Zabit after that. Um, so we'll see how this goes. What's the what's the better line? Yeah, Luis Pena minus two eighty, Peterson plus two forty. Yeah. I'd figure as such, and that's probably how I think it goes. Well, probably opinion keeping on the outside, keeping on the distance, and be fucking up with that kick. All right, uh, next fight. This is also at 125. Dope. And this is will be a uh, this is essentially a contender fight. Um, you know, after Benavidez, one of these guys. Um, so we got. Jesser Formiga, I hope I said that right, versus Davison Figueredo, who's undefeated, fuck, 15-0, he's ranked fourth now, uh, Formiga is 22-5, and five. Uh, both guys are solid, uh, solid fighters, I think I remember F- Figueredo fighting, but I can't remember who he fought last, uh, Maybe I've seen Formiga fight. I know I've heard his name, but I don't remember. Oh, he fought Showtime Pettis. Or no, Anthony Pettis' little brother. Brother. He beat him. That was, uh... That was October 6, 2018. Was that when the UFC was in... Oh, 2018. Wait, no, yeah. Was that when the UFC was in Milwaukee? If so, I saw this fight live. Live! UFC 229, so no. Maybe that was the one in Chicago. No, it wasn't. That was the one with fucking Khabib. That was in Vegas, you fucking retard. Okay, I didn't see that one. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Formiga is good if you beat Little Pettis. Little Pettis is pretty decent. He's top five guy at division. I think he returned to 135, though. And Figueredo, number four. He's undefeated. Who did he last fight? He beat Moraga. And he beat him. He beat Morales. Reed Brooks. Three, as I say, he's a three, four, five, one streak in the UFC. Obviously, he's undefeated, 31 year old. His time is now. Uh, 
So yeah, it'll be an exciting fight for the 125 division to see how sh uh, things shake up there. See who might be the next number one, you know, contender to face uh, Cejudo. Whenever Cejudo decides, decide to defend that belt at 125, or somebody not named TJ Adoso, then gives one of these guys a shot, you know, especially this guy that's undefeated. If he gets a fucking win, bro, versus the number one ranked guy, he's got me next, man. He's undefeated. Give him a shot. Uh, what, what are the odds of that? I don't know too much about their fighting styles or anything like that. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Formiga is plus 125 underdog. Figueredo is minus 145 favorite. So undefeated guys in favor. Slight favorite. Um, then a third to last fight. We got John McDessie versus Jesus Pinedo. Jesus Pinedo. Pinedo. Um. John McDessie, I feel like I've heard his name before, but I don't know. I have not heard of Jesus. Jesus Pendeo. Jesus Pendeo is 155 fight. Jesus has a too much height advantage. They don't list his reach. Okay. You can get his height, not his arm line. Come on, bruh. He's the same tool. Use the same tool. It's called fucking tape measure. When you use tape measure to fucking measure his height, you just do the same thing to measure his arm length. You fuck. <laughs> John McDessie. Uh, let's see. Last fought Ross Peterson and beat him back in July of 2018. Beat Lost to Vanada before that. Um, beat Baghdad. Lost to Yancey. Not showing the Cowboy Cerrone result or that result. But Mink Dessie's been around for a while. Oh my god. I keep just clicking load more on his profile and just more fights just keep loading. This man's been around forever. He's been fighting the UFC since 2010, so he's been in there for eight years. How many fights? One, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Sixteen fights in the UFC. Jesus. So I'll have a 17th versus Jesus Benel. Um After his last win decision versus Ross Pearson. Um, Benel, he's 22-year-old, so he's an up-and-comer. He hasn't been around for a while. So this is a, this is a test right here. Jesus, if you win this fight, this launches you right into, you know, Around the outskirts of that top 15 uh, contender spot, man. Uh, you know, McDessie's been in the, in the U.S. I was going to say in the league. I mean, this is the league for a while now. So, you get a win over him, that'll fucking launch your career, dude. So, good luck. McDessie's minus 325 underdog. And Jesus is plus 26. Uh, or, I fucked it up, didn't I? McDessie's minus 325 favorite. Jesus is plus 26.5 underdog. Um, and then, so the co main event, this will be a good fight. I'm looking forward to this. As long as they don't gas out. As long as Willis doesn't gas out. Is Curtis Blades, this heavyweight fight um, between Tur Curtis Blades, who's 10 and 2. His last fight was against uh, Francis Ngannou. 
Yeah, knock the fuck out. They both just start swinging on each other, and that never works out when you're swinging with another dude that can knock you out in one punch. Um, you know, you're just waiting for somebody to check that box and, you know, just click you on the chin, and it's good night. Say like, good night, Irene. Um, then we got Justin Willis, uh, who's a one. I think he's a younger fighter. At least he's new to the UFC. Uh, Blades is ranked fourth. Willis is ranked tenth. And that's nice to see a newer, newer guy up there in the ranking so quickly. Uh, get some fresh blood in this division. Um, Young Blades is no slouch either. He will have a three-inch height advantage, two-inch reach advantage, and five-inch leg reach advantage. So, Justin Willis is short and stocky. They'll both be cutting down to 265. Blades is a little more jacked and toned. Whereas Willis is, looks like he packed, he packed some snacks. He packed, a, honestly, it looks like he packed a full-course meal and another one for later. For after the for after the show. But yeah, Blades got knocked the fuck out first. Nagano his last fight in 45 seconds. Uh maybe that was at the end of the 45, I don't know. And then he beat Overeem before that and Mark Hunt. Like this guy I thought this is my dark horse uh Maybe not beat DC for the heavyweight title, but to at least, you know, have a a shot, a title shot sooner or later. And I think he will. I mean, he's fourth right now. He, Blades is only, excuse me, he's, tw- he's 28. So he'll definitely get a shot, a title shot. If he wins this, he'll be right up in there in discussion. Maybe he fights JDS after that. Um, that'd be a good matchup. Or, yeah. Dude, that'd be a really good matchup. I'd pay to see that. Um, so, yeah, and then Justin Willis. Big pretty Justin Willis. He's ranked 10th, 8-1. Um, he last fought Mark Hunt, and he beat him in a decision. Uh, that was back in December 1st, 2018. I knew this guy was good, and he beat Anthony Sherman before that. And Crowder before that. Crowder was a guy that fought Greg Hardy. He knocked Crowder out in the first round. And he had a win before that as well. So he's undefeated in the UFC 4 0. 4 5 win streak in the UFC. That's at heavyweight too. That's pretty fucking impressive, especially when you fought Mark fucking Hunt. Um, so this will be a huge test for him. We'll see if. I think we'll see very quickly if he has any fucking takedown defense because Blades likes to take it to the ground. Uh, he's got good wrestling. And so that's why I was really confused when he fought Nagano and he just stood toe-to-toe with him and started swinging and tried to knock each other out. I don't understand why he just didn't take him down. I mean, that's easier said than done. You know, I was a fucking physical freak. But he should have he should have tried at least instead of just swinging at him. So I don't know. I think he should at least go this route with Willis. Willis obviously has a punch of power. He's knocked out some dudes. He stood in there with Mark Hunt. Um, so we'll see if he has any any take down fence ground game. This might end up being a grueling brawling fight. 
Uh, so you might end up being boring because Willis, as I said, is packing a couple couple lunches. You know, he pack. You know, he uh. What's that called? He he meal prepped his lunches for for the for the week. <laughs> um, so if this, I mean, you went full distance with Mark Hunt. Uh, and Anthony Sherman. And his first fight in the UFC. So he's gone the distance three times now. So maybe he can. I think Blades will be fine fatigue-wise, cardio-wise. Um, and hopefully he just gets back to a smart game plan instead of just swinging on dudes. That can knock you the fuck out. Let's look at the betting line. Minus 280 favorite for Blades. Plus 240 for Willis. So it's probably accurate. Um, I don't know. I don't really see Willis beating Blades unless Blades tries to fight him like he did Nagano and he just gets clipped but Blade still has a chin like it took a couple shots from Nagano for, for him to fall um, I don't think the Willis is the athlete nor has the speed as Nagano does so I don't know if the one punch knockout will be there or the combos for that matter um, especially if he takes to the ground so yeah It'll be an interesting fight, uh, nonetheless. And then to close out the night, the close out UFC fight night, 148. It's what we've been waiting for. Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Anthony Showtime Pettis. Wonderboy is 14-3-1 in the UFC. Anthony Pettis, 21-8. Of course, if you guys haven't, Please go back and look up a highlight film of Anthony Pettis and Wonderboy. Um, you know, both of them. They both are highlight reels, highlight knockouts, spinning wheel kicks. Fucking Pettis has a fucking highlight where he, he's the one that fucking runs up the cage and kicks a guy in the face and knocks him out. Only one ever to do that. Uh, and Thompson's got nasty kicks, nasty kickboxing. Anthony Pettis is just a fucking dog. Um... There is a, you know, and I think he hasn't won a fight in a while, actually. Um, but there was a point there. He was the champ at one point. And then he kind of just tailed off, lost a bunch of fights in a row. I still don't think he's won in a while. About a check. I know, he beat Kiesa. That's right. Um, before he fought uh, Ferguson for their interim belt. Okay. My bad, bro. You have won recently. Um, but he fought Ferguson for the belt, or interim belt, uh, back in October 2018. And he got TKO'd. Um, but he looked amazing in that fight. He looked really good. He looked quick, sharp, focused. Um, but Ferguson's just a whole other monster. He's just on a whole other level. Um not saying Pettis isn't on that level, on that championship level. He obviously is because he's a former champion. But I think Ferguson's on a whole other level, man. I just think he is. He's like in that Matrix level. Um, while Pettis and these other guys below him are still trying to f- figure out if the Matrix is real or not, you know. While Ferguson's a master in the Matrix, you know, they're still, like, questioning whether it actually exists or not. <laughs> But uh, 
even though he lost that fight, he he was nasty. He had blood all over his face. He took Tony down, Tony Ferguson down, and then you know laid some ground pound on him. Um, you know, and like made a face, like made a tongue sticking out, and like screamed. It was just, it was savage. It was awesome. Um, as I said before, he's a former champion. He's been in the in the ring for a hot minute now, since twenty eleven. His debut fight was against Clay Guida, and he lost that. Then he fought Jeremy Stevens, beat him. He beat Joe Lozon. These are all household names just to start off. That's crazy. Then he beats Donald Cerrone. Then he beats Ben Henderson. Then Gilbert Melendez. Oh, my God. Those are all top guys, man. I mean, Guida not now, but in his prime, yes. Jeremy Stevens is a top-ranked guy. Uh, Joe Lozon, I think, is top 15, but he just lost. But he's a stable veteran. Donald Cerrone's a top dude. I got, I'm got. i going to talk about Cerrone here later on. Ben Henderson was a top dude. Glenn Vermillion this was. And then he lost to Dos Anjos in 2015 uh, for the belt, it looks like. Uh, maybe he never had the belt. Oh, my God. And, but then after he lost to Dos Anjos, he lost to Eddie Alvarez, and then he lost to Edson Barboza. Bro, those are fucking names, bro. Just all names. This man's fought who's who. And he lost to Charles Oliveira by submission. Then he lost to Max Holloway. And then he beat Jim Miller. Then he lost to Dustin Poirier. He's going to fight Holloway for the interim belt coming up. Then lost or beat Chiesa and lost to Pettis. So he's been up and down. But, you know, he's 21 and 8. He's a fucking stud. Exciting to watch. Um, And this will be exciting. I think because a lot of guys, I mean, they showed the blueprint on. Well, Tyron Woodley showed the blueprint on how to beat Wonderboy. You know, just stay patient, stay cautious. And when he slips, wait for his counter, counter him, because Wonderboy is a counter striker. Um, and take him down if you can. So it might not be the smartest approach, but I think Pettis, he's showtime. So uh he's gonna go out there and fucking He's gonna attack him and he either is gonna put him out and make him look silly like he never has before, or Wonderboy's gonna make him look silly like he's done to hundreds of guys in the past. But we'll see. Of course, uh, Wonderboy last fought uh, Darren Till. And he lost to him in a decision, a five-round decision. I thought it was a little controversial, but that's judges. And they that fight was also in England. Um, and I think the crowd kind of swayed swayed the opinion of the judges in that fight. Anytime Till hit Wonderboy, they went, ooh. But nothing whenever Thompson would counter him beautifully or miss out of the way of his strikes or anything like that. Um, Till was definitely the more aggressive fighter. But, yeah, who knows? It's in the past. Um, before that, Till, or Wonderboy beat Masvidal. Ooh, we just saw Masvidal beat Till. So I'm going to do some MMA math there. And then, of course, before that, Woodley and Wonderboy fought twice in uh, back-to-back rematches. Um, you know, first the draw, and then the decision. I can't remember if it was a split decision or not. Um, but then before that, uh, Wonderboy's 
basically beat everybody amazingly and great kickboxer he beat Roy McDonald uh, five round fight he beat uh, Dan Hendricks John Dan Hendricks Jesus Johnny Hendricks beat Jake Ellenberg Patrick Cote he even beat Robert, Robert Whitaker before Whitaker moved to move up yeah, before Whitaker moved up to 185. Forgot about that. Let me Clements. B. Brown. Oh, we lost to Matt Brown back in 2012. Damn, I didn't know Wonder Boy's been in this fucking. Been in the USC since 2012. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It's 13 fights in the UFC. Shows how big of a fan I am. Yeah, this will be an exciting final. Very good main event. Great way to close out um, the night. And I really, really look forward to it. Five rounds with these guys is going to be amazing. Can't fucking wait. Um, so, yeah, that's basically it for that recap. Um, also, I want to just touch base on some MMA news, some UFC news. That, a fight that was just recently announced, um, literally today, like about an hour ago, while I was doing this. I th- or no, it was right before I was doing this. Um, but uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone has signed to fight Al Ragin Ally Quinta uh, May 4th in Ottawa, Canada and that'll be an amazing fight um, you know I was really looking forward to Cowboy and McGregor fighting because uh, that'd be the biggest that'd probably be the biggest money fight out there in the USC well, anything with McGregor but Cowboy, is Cowboy the next biggest star? I don't know. He might be. He's definitely one of the most popular UFC fighters out there. Um, I don't know. Who's the second biggest star after McGregor? DC? No, I know who. Bones. John Jones. John Jones is the second after McGregor, obviously. And then, but who's after that? Who's top five? DC, maybe third. And then, maybe Cowboy? Uh, I mean, I can't really think of who else. I mean, sure, other guys are bigger in other markets, but I'm talking about America. You know, the place where you'll actually make pay-per-view money. You know, pay-per-view model is outdated and they should replace it. Just put all the fights on your ESPN, man. Advertising dollars, insane. Uh, they'll do them all on ESPN. Because I like when they curse and shit. There's just blood everywhere. Fucking ESPN won't let you do that. So I don't know. Continue the pay-per-view, but make them free. <laughs> I don't know. Um. So yeah, those two signed up to fight Cowboy and Ally Quinta. This will be a great fight at 155. Um... I think Al deserves top contender, if not a title shot. Uh, same with Cowboy. I don't think Cowboy deserves a title shot yet, but that's what he said he's looking forward to doing. That's what he wants to do. He's refocused after he had a child, after he had a son, Danger. And, uh, you know, beat up uh, Alex Hernandez, who was a cocky young young bull and thought he could just run through the old bull. But uh, he got schooled. And swiftly too, dominantly. And Cowboy looked great in his fight before that. Um, 
So I really look forward to that. And then the, one of those two guys deserves... Man, I was going to say they deserve a title shot, but that division is so fucking murky, man. They need to make that 165 division. There's too many pe- There's too many fighters in that division, bro. There's just way too many. Because sure you can say one of those guys deserves the next title shot but you can't because um, currently Habib's the champ at 155 but he's suspended and he's not going to do Vegas' commercial or whatever Um, so he's suspended till I think like November it was 9 months or something or an incident happened in November so he's probably free in like July, August so he's out for a while. So that division's on hold. So they're doing an interim title fight with Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier. Now it should have been Max Holloway versus Tony Ferguson, but reported reports are as Ferguson decided not to accept the fight because it wasn't for the title. Well, that sucks, man. Because and he he said he already had the interim belt. Well, yeah, but uh, I don't know, man. They're doing this fight now because you said no. So now whoever wins versus Holloway and Poirier deserves the next shot because they have the most current interim belt. Obviously, interim belts are bullshit. We all know it. But it's just a marketing gimmick slash ploy to make this uh, fight more exciting. Um, that's really all it is. Um, but one of those guys, Holloway or Poirier, would deserve the next title shot, especially if Holloway wins, because then he'd be a two-division champ. And, you know, and then where does that leave Ferguson? Ferguson deserves a fucking shot, man. Give that man a fucking title shot already, man. He hasn't had it. That fucking sucks. But then now this fight happens, you know, between McGregor or... Cowboy and Ali Quinta. Fucking Ali Quinta is the... He's the guy that's looked the best for Khabib. And that was what? Off a day notice? He had no idea he was going five rounds. And he wasn't prepared for takedowns. He was just going to fight Paul Felder, who likes to stand and bang. So... And I mean, look, he didn't win the fight, obviously. But he showed some chinks in uh, Habib's armor for sure. And you showed that the guy can be beat, although he has not yet been beat. And who knows? Iaquinta might be the guy if he had a full training camp centered in a structure around Habib. And that was a great fight for Iaquinta because it rose his stock up and made you realize, oh, okay, this guy's for real. This guy's for real. Um, so, yeah, now these two will fight. If Cowboy wins, it's like, oh, fuck, this man's for real, yo. We know he's for real, but, like, is he top five for real? Well, if he wins this fight, he is. You know what? I'm going to look at the rankings. Where do they have him ranked right now? Where do they have both those guys ranked? And I only have three minutes left, so we'll be closing this out soon. Uh, da, 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 da. Poor They got Ayo Quinta fourth after Ferguson McGregor Poirier. They got Cerrone 9, so yeah, if Cerrone wins, that launch him top 5, man. It would, and, you know, and then I haven't even mentioned McGregor, really. What is he, who's he fight? Because all the other guys got fucking fights, bro. You got nobody. 
you're going to end up fighting Barboza and him kicking you in the face or Kevin Lee's going to wrestle you to the ground. Um, you know, everyone in 155 has a fight already besides Habib. But he's Habib suspended. Ferguson doesn't have a fight. So maybe Ferguson McGregor. Ooh. That should be a fight. Poirier's going to fight for the interim. Iaquinta's got a bout. Lee just lost to Iaquinta, so he needs an opponent. Barboza needs an opponent. Uh, he won the same card as those two guys I just mentioned. Gaethje needs an opponent. Pettis got a fight. Cerrone's got a fight. Felder. McGregor's not going to fight Felder. You know, he can still fight Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is still there. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Should fight Ferguson, but it won't. That division's so shaky. It's so messy. But I'm done talking about this shit. Um, and I want to make dinner now because I'm hungry. Um, love all you guys. Look forward to these fights coming up. Um, and let's see. What's I got a minute left. What's the next event? Is there a break after this weekend? And then. Holloway, Poirier, and then the pay-per-view. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gaethje and Barboza are fighting each other. That's right in Philly. I forgot. So they got opponents, too. So, yeah, that's next weekend. Uh, Barboza versus Gaethje. And then you got a weekend break. And then Holloway versus Poirier, too. Uh, that'll be dope. Look forward to all those. Look forward to talking about them. Love you guys. Bye.